Welcome to the Senior Attorney Match Podcast. I am your host, Attorney Jeremy Pook, founder of Senior Attorney Match. Here, we discuss how attorneys who have practiced for more than 30 years can monetize their law practices. We also explain how to value and how to sell a law practice and the logistics involved when transitioning a law practice to a successor lawyer or law firm. In this episode, I'm very excited to be joined by Tom Spadia and Josh Liana, together with Harold Kestenbaum. Tom, Harold, and Josh now practice at Spadia Liana, franchise attorneys with offices in Philadelphia and Long Island. Harold is a senior attorney match client, and Harold joined Spadia Liana in late April of 2019. We're going to hear the story of how they met, and we're going to hear the story of how they came together. And now they've been practicing together for approximately 10 months. And today we're going to be discussing all of that. So without further ado, I'm going to ask Tom Spadia to let us know um, that fateful day in Southern Florida when you approached Harold. It was a great conversation that we had, and I had known Harold for many, many years, probably, you know, seven or eight years before that as a friendly competitor. We would always be at trade shows together. We'd always be sort of talking to the same prospective clients and and that. And so I just, we were sitting next to each other and I leaned over to him and I said, hey, Harold, you know, I'm not saying this might be six months or six years or whatever, but if you're ever thinking about making a move and, you know, looking at, you know, doing something with your practice, I'd love to be in that conversation. He just said, like Harold could say, he said, Tommy, I'm a lot closer than you think. We should have lunch. And that's what started it. Harold, can you take us back to an origin story? You've been practicing franchise law for how many years? Over 43. And how did you start? It was quite accidentally, actually. It was my second job out of law school. I got a job with a very small firm. They had two lawyers. The owner of the firm was a securities lawyer. And I was doing, in the prior firm, estate work. And I, I actually did a little bit of franchise work because one of the partners in the other firm had a client called Workbench, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was in the furniture business. And they were franchised. They had franchise stores. That was my first introduction to it. And in those days, it was called the UFOC. So I go to this firm, and, and the partner says, look, I have a client that's a public client, public company, but they also franchise. I don't have time to do the franchise stuff. And it's heavily regulated. And I don't know what, what I'm doing. I just know the securities work. I want you to learn all about franchising. And this is 1977 and you couldn't Google anything. You had to read books. So, and a lot of them are still here, So the books. So I started reading every book I could find. I went to the seminars and I did everything I needed to do to learn what this was all about. Because prior to that, I had a very small experience with it. So I started to really enjoy it. And I was dealing with this one client and I picked up another one accidentally. And I said, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I'm not going anywhere with this guy. Why don't I just go out on my own and start doing this? Now, it turns out that at the same year I, I decided to do this, New York State passed the last franchise reg- registration law of the, in the country. They're the last state to do that, 1981. And I said, wow, this is a really great opportunity because now any company that's franchising has to register in New York. And I critiqued the statute, and I, I really knew it kind of by heart almost, even though I didn't write it. So I said, you know what? I'm going out on my own. And he says, why are you leaving me? He says, well, because I really want to leave and I want to do this. So I opened up my own office in 1981, and that's where I started as a solo practitioner doing this. And this is all I did. 
I didn't do anything else. So now I want to flip it over to Tom, Tom Spadia. Tom, I've said to you before, I think you are the only person on the planet that went to law school to specifically become a franchise attorney. And then you recruited your lifelong friend, Josh Liana, to join you in the endeavor. Yes, I swam against the stream. Usually that doesn't end well, right? For the, But for me, it ended well. So I was selling franchises. I, small business family, I got exposed to franchising. Now it's about 20 years ago, more as a business broker. So I was in my late 20s. I was selling businesses, had some opportunity to sell. A lot of those businesses were franchises. Got recruited by by a franchisor in Philadelphia to actually sell franchises, went to them corporately, had been thinking about law school for a long time. And so I went to night school at Temple while I was selling franchises and building out. And we took the brand from 300 units to like 500 units and got involved in the IFA, became sort of an expert. So it is a nice claim to fame. And so Josh, you know, we played football in high school together. He's been you know, a great best friend of mine forever. And he also went to law school late. And then I said, hey, when we graduate, let's just start a franchise law firm. And so we started that and opened the doors in 2011 and you know, just slowly started building that practice up through our contacts in the industry. So Josh, what did you think when Tom called you and said, start studying intellectual property even more because we're gonna need you in this franchise law firm that Tom had been cooking up? Yeah, so it was funny because Tom kind of kept that close to the vest and you know, we were just, we were at Sesame Place with the kids and I was, had been secretly studying for the LSATs. I don't even think I had told my wife. I just bought an LSAT book, and she'd go to bed, and I'd go down to the basement, and I'd start studying. So I thought I'd throw Tom for a loop. And he's like, what are you up to? I was like, well, I haven't really told anybody this, but I'm studying for the LSATs. And he said, oh, really? I haven't told anybody this, but I'm starting a temple in September. I said, wow. He said, yeah, well, we're going to have a franchise law firm. So I didn't have a choice in the matter. Uh, and he said, yeah, study up on the intellectual property law because somebody's got to do the trademarks. So. And then fast forward to the winter of 2019. At that point, Harold is working with Senior Attorney Match, and we're considering a number of firms for you to consider joining, merging with, or potentially recruiting an attorney into your practice. It became very clear very quickly. And by the way, we're in Long Island where things just move fast. Harold moves very fast. And so the negotiations went pretty fast. I mean, Tom and Josh, you guys made it very clear that you saw a really good fit for Harold's practice with your growing practice. So, Tom, what did you see? Well, you know, once we got into it, well, first of all, personality was a match. I mean, I just enjoyed Harold. I enjoyed his approach. I enjoyed the way he had also sort of a business approach towards clients. So I think that culturally was very important to me is that we're not white-shoed lawyers from some big firms. I've worked in big firms and we're representing giant corporations. We're representing restaurant owners, small business owners, people who I sort of inherently understand. And I think Harold and Josh and all of us see that eye to eye. So that was like the first sniff test, so to speak. The second one was once we got into the numbers, I always like to say our firms were about the same size in terms of revenue. But Harold represented probably two to three times as many franchisors than we did. And so I think we both were filling a niche in different stratas of the industry. So our thought was we're, you know, getting clients who are a little bit bigger. We have more attorneys. We take a more systematic approach to it, but we don't do as well with the startups. So Harold had all these firms that were starting in franchising and really learning the ropes. And I mean, he has taught, you name it. 
he probably is the one who launched them in that over the last 40 years. So all of these legendary brands that basically would start here, this was the incubator. So our strategic thought was if we can really get with the incubator and then all of those folks can graduate to us, we can really grow that. We don't even have to look outside of our combined book of business, which of course we have, but we didn't even need to, to really bring both of our firms to the next level. And so far, so good. It's working exactly as planned. And Harold, what did you see? You very quickly put a nickname on Tom and Josh, calling them the boys. So what did you see pretty early on with the opportunity with the boys? Well, as Tom said, I knew them, I knew them for a number of years. They sit behind me at the show in New York. We, we talk, we kibitz. The personalities were there. So clearly, from my perspective, too, it was a great fit. And there was a lot of negotiations. They were fast-tracked. I remember, Tom, you said after our first meeting here, and we're sitting here in, in Melville, New York, that you had two pretty quick meetings afterwards. Meeting number one was with a bank to explore line of credits. And meeting number two, or really two and three, with, with your wives to explain that you thought that this was a really good opportunity for your, for your businesses and your families. So now let's go post-late April of 2019. Now the firms come together. I had the great opportunity to stay on to help with integration consulting. Now we're bringing two firms that on paper looked very, very compatible. Now we're actually bringing these two firms together. Spady Liliana kept the entire staff of Harold's office, which was lawyer staff and support staff. Now you have two offices, Melville, New York, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So Tom, if you can walk us through those first couple of months post-merger of how that looked, how it worked, and how we've gotten where we are today. So we've never done this before. As an attorney, I've done a lot of M&A work, but I think a lot less on the M side and more on the A side. You know, mergers are a lot different than acquisitions. So I've been involved where you kind of take over a company, and that wasn't the case here. This was really a merging of equals. So it was a little more difficult than maybe I thought. I mean, it's work, but I think the upside is even greater because of that. Everything just got released. So we just sat down and we said, look, we do things a certain way and you do things a certain way. Neither of them are right or wrong. They're just different stylistic. They're just two things that have evolved in different ways. We're very technology driven. We have a lot of systems that we like to put in place. So we just started putting it on paper. I mean, I'm sort of a spreadsheet maniac and I love KPIs and I love understanding. I believe all business is very data driven. So we just started looking at our pricing strategies and who the customers are and what are best practices in both offices. And the rule we had was we were not going to have two cultures and two offices. So we took the organizational chart and we sort of blended it. Is that also in Melville was more support staff paralegal heavy. We were more attorney heavy. I think speaking to the fact that we had fewer, bigger clients, that it was you know more on the attorney side. So what we did was we created pods and we created teams to sort of service accounts. The idea is that we could kind of really scale the firm by growing different things. And that wasn't easy. There was a lot of tension between, well, I'm used to doing it this way. Well, why do I have to switch? You know, down to different email platforms, down to going from worksite to Dropbox, and we do everything in the cloud, and everything here was done on servers. And some of these things that sound like pretty innocuous, not a big deal, but it's how people turn on their computer and how they work every day. That had a big emotional impact. So it just took, I mean, Josh and I came up here every couple of weeks for a while and spent a couple of days just trying to 
get everybody comfortable. And Harold, you've now moved into a different role. Whereas your former role was owner, CEO, manager, okay, writing the checks, administering the office, dealing with HR. Now your focus has changed. So can you tell us a little more about what your role has become and how you see your role over the next couple of years? The role has it hasn't changed. It's morphed. I've gotten busier, even though I've subtracted things that I've I was doing that I didn't like to do. So now I'm doing more of what I like to do and less of what I didn't like to do. So I enjoy marketing. I enjoy schmoozing with clients. And that's what I like to do. I don't like sitting there reading documents and editing them and dealing with that. And I didn't like writing all the checks and dealing with the HR and all of those issues. So now I've been relieved of that. And that gives me more time to do what I like to do, which is market and bring in business because I've been pretty successful at it over the years. I must be doing something right. It works. So Tom and Josh, how's Harold doing at bringing new business in? Well, you talked about our nickname, but so Harold's nickname is the Terminator with us. And he's the Terminator because he just does not stop until people sign the engagement letter. And so phenomenal. I mean, we just keep teasing him and saying, don't worry, we'll keep up. Don't worry, we'll keep up. And he just keeps signing people up because he has the time to just keep following up and following up and following up. And he is as relentless as the Terminator on it. So it's phenomenal. And if you could let us know your vision for Speedy Liana as a top five franchise law firm nationwide in the United States, where do you see the firm going over the next three to five years? Well, top one. There you go. (laughs) Top one. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that has helped us get to this point, not only pre-merger, but that is we're very comfortable making course adjustments. So we are not afraid to change. You know, what we did yesterday is what we were willing to throw out and start over. Yeah, top one. I think we're dialed in. We know who we are. We've shed a lot of the extraneous business. You know, when we started, we were fooling around. Maybe we should do securities. We're just, we are helping Small franchisors build generational wealth. We're taking those entrepreneurs who had an idea, had a vision, and we're cost-effectively coaching them to build a business that's not only going to pay for their kids' college, it's going to pay for their grandkids' college. And that is something that's very exciting, gets me up every day, is you're really helping people build the dream and the American dream. And, and I think we're just going to do that for another as long as we can. Well, terrific. And it's been such a pleasure getting to know all of you, working with all of you. Harold, you're a legend in the franchise market and among franchisors, franchisees in the, in the legal bar. And you've certainly helped and brought Speedy Liana to reach the point where it's wanted to reach in a fat, probably in a faster, absolutely in a faster way than it could have done without your help, Harold. And I know Harold is just extremely grateful that you approached him that day and asked him about his six-month or six-year window. Absolutely. (laughs) Very good. Very good. We're lucky. Terrific. Well, thank you very much for joining, guys, and look forward to hearing even better things about Speedy Liana. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Senior Attorney Match Podcast. For more information, please visit SeniorAttorneyMatch.com. You can always reach me, Jeremy Pook, by calling me at 781 247-4211 or sending me a text message at 617-285-3325.